Okay. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. This is the Independent Corner with Jonathan Moody, and my special guest tonight is Andre Gower. Hey, Andre. Hey, how's it going, Jonathan? All right, Andre was just saying, you were saying that uh, your phone might be having some bad reception, or? Yeah, no, it's just been uh, losing a charge all day, because it's uh, been wearing it out in this hot weather. I'm actually in Las Vegas right now, so I guess it might be a little tired, but uh, if I cut out, I'll call you right back. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. That works. Um, yeah, uh, it usually lasts at least, you know, it's, it's set for an hour, so, you know, a show, so it, it could go less or it can go more, it doesn't really matter. But. Okay. Um, except for that, just in case, you know, because if, if I put it for 30 minutes, it'll cut out exactly at 30. Okay. So, so how, how do long it. do you, th- so how long are you and I going to be Well, it chat? depends on how long you want to kind of stay around and chat. Okay. You know, if that's cool with you. Okay. Maybe what I'll do is in a few, I mean, we'll, we'll chat for a while, and if you have to go to a break, I'll go and switch phones, because I know it's going to die on here, you know, it won't, that, that's going to be a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know, usually we don't have a break here, because it's, you know, online or whatever, but that's cool. Okay, gotcha. out. Yeah, but, um, sorry about that. All right, so I guess um, what I wanted to do was uh, do what I normally do with uh, my guests. Um, I've had a good amount, so um, I kind of got a feel for this. But uh, what I want to do normally is talk about um, how, did, how did you get started? Uh, well, just in acting, actually, I was, uh, you know, very young at the time. I was, you know, five or six years old, and my sister uh, is a little bit older than I am, and she was actually in it prior to my starting, so I was just kind of around it and uh, was inside and, you know, a part of it and just started working on my own, you know, worked a lot of uh, print ads and uh, commercials and uh, then started doing a lot of TV and then, uh, you know, just went from there. Oh, nice. And um, so this was back, what, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, pretty much? Yeah, late late 70s, early 80s. Uh, you know, back in the day, there was... Uh, you know, uh, you know, not a lot of programming for, you know, kids, you know, when you, if you were really young, you know, at that age, you know, you were someone's, you know, you know, small killed in some film or TV show. So, you know, as the late 80s and the early 90s came about, there was a little more, you know, programming that had, you know, younger, talented, oriented storylines and things like that. So, you know, that was nice. But, uh, you know, getting to a point to where, you know, when you're a teenage years and you're sort of that teen scene rat pack of the late 80s, like I was, uh, you know, with, you know, all the, you know, same kind of, you know, usual suspects at that time, if you will, uh, you know, to work that much as we all did, you know, was, was pretty cool. So you kind of go through that and pay your dues. You know, there's not really anything that happens overnight. So, Right, and it must have taken you a while before you, like, landed a big role or, you know, started getting anything that well, probably... Right. I mean, you got to get, you know, a little bit older to where you're going to be, if you're going to get into that, uh, you know, teen celebrity type, arena or element like I, you know, I ended up being involved in, uh, you know, and at that time there was a small finite group that, you know, was sort of that, you know, kind of in that bubble. And, you know, now there's a lot more because, you know, with a lot more programming, a lot more films, a lot more TV and then cable, of course, you know, there's no such thing as cable TV in the mid and late 80s. So it, uh, you know, that really launched, you know, for younger people to have a little more outlet and a little more programming. But, you know, to be fortunate enough to be part of a working group of, you know, a small percentage of, you know, younger actors, uh, you know, you got to look back on it and kind of understand what it was. So it's pretty cool. Right. Because you kind of grow, you kind of grew up with all the, like, the core, the two Corys and right. I'm pretty sure you guys were fighting for, you know, for yeah, you know or... when you're when you're all you know young teenagers and you know white males with you know 
you know, hair and eyebrows and blue or green eyes or brown eyes or whatever, you're all reading for the same roles. And, you know, you, you tend to know each other. And back then there wasn't that many people in the business, you know, it, that were teenagers or younger. So, you know, you know everybody just about. And, you know, there's, you know, there's an upper echelon that usually got a lot of the work. And, you know, that's all the people you know from that era because you recognize them because you constantly see them working and working. And, you know, some of them are still, you know, fortunate enough to uh, have, made the transition because a lot of them stayed in the business and a lot didn't, uh, you know, you know, either purposely or not purposely, you know, it's a very, uh, (laughs) it's a very fickle business and sometimes you grow up and it's just not as kind. Right. That that reminds me like pretty much after, um, monster squad was done, you pretty much went, you know, I I, I pretty much haven't heard, you know, you done like a big time movie after that. Like, well, I didn't do any film because I got so busy with TV because Monster Squad kind of launched the whole thing. I was actually under a development deal with 20th 20th Century Fox Studios before Monster Squad. And then Monster Squad came out and I went right into a brand new television show when Fox was a brand new network. I was one of the original shows and I was a leading role on Mr. President, which was starring George C. Scott and Conrad Bain and, Madeline Kahn, who are just, you know, heavyweight actor names, and they brought me on that show to play The Sun, and it was, you know, one of the original inaugural shows on Fox as a network, so that was kind of cool. And right after that, that went for two seasons and went right into the Hogan family, had a recurring role that was supposed to finish out the series, and ended up only doing one season on that for some, uh, you know, internal politics, I guess, were happening there, and uh, left that and then went and did, you know, some spotty guest guest stuff here and started working on some other things, but that was right at the age I was in finishing high school and going into college. And I knew that I was going to not miss the opportunity to go to college at the time that you're supposed to. And so I kind of, kind of geared things back a little bit and I had actually worked very hard for the last year or so of high school to have a chance to go fulfill a dream of mine, which is to play basketball in college somewhere. And I had a lot of, you know, um, you know, I had an opportunity to go to school in North Carolina with some, um, you know, I had a referral and some references with some family friends of mine that had actually set some, you know, visits up to some schools. And I ended up going to a fantastic school in North Carolina for two years and then transferred to a four-year school and, you know, fulfilled the dream of playing college basketball. So that was a pretty neat transition to go from, you know, films and television network shows to go play college basketball. So that was something that I had an opportunity to do at the time that you can't do when you're, you know, 25 or 30 or 45. You can only have one chance to go play basketball in college, and you got to do that in your college years. So that was a conscious decision that I made and have absolutely not one regret for doing it. Exactly. I mean, that sounds like something – it was also sound like a lifelong dream that you've had, like, pretty much, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, you know, I had, you know – plenty of, you know, dreams fulfilled and things that, you know, were dreams for other people, you know, working in the entertainment industry and being as successful as I was, you know, there was other people that were more successful and there's people that weren't. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to do what I did and had some notoriety and, you know, you know, some celebrity along with that, which was great. And, you know, I didn't want to miss that opportunity. And then, you know, that was a very conscious, you know, thought out, analyzed decision of, you know, what are you giving up and what are you not giving up? And, you know, I could have stayed in the business and never gotten another role my entire life, and I would have missed the opportunity to go play college basketball and to experience that at the time that you're supposed to. Because I think it's a, it's a, if you're going to do it, it's a real important step. And, you know, if I had missed that to go wait around for maybe another role or another movie or another show, none of that's guaranteed. 
And, you know, would I have worked? Probably. But, you know, it's, it's still all speculative. So it was, uh, you know, it was a gamble that I didn't want to take. And I didn't want to, you know, when I'm 30, in my 30s like I am now, I don't want to be sitting around going, boy, I wish I'd gone and played basketball in college. I wonder what that would have been like. And uh, how was it like? What was it like doing that? You know, it was um, it was along with having such experience growing up in the industry and being professional at such a young age to teach you how to do things. And, you know, you learn very quickly, you know, about business and being professional. And, you know, you're, 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 a, you're a professional skilled labor person. You know, so, you know, it's the same thing if you're a professional piano player or a professional painter or a professional contractor when you were 10. You know, you're still a, you know, a skilled professional labor. And you learn a lot then, but going to college and interacting with other people from so many different places and you're on your own and, you know, every decision you make is yours and you either benefit from it or there's some ramifications to pay for it. And, you know, you learn and that's how you, you, you grow up and you mature and you learn a lot of life lessons in college anyway. But I had an opportunity to play for a fantastic college coach that wasn't just about teaching you basketball, but he was teaching you how to live and actually have to to be a man and to grow up and you know manage your time and take care of your schedule and do the right things and how to get them done and he'd been doing it for 40 years and so he was just this great fundamental old school coach that you know these type of guys are you know what movies are made out of and you know that uh, it's it's just fantastic I, I wouldn't have changed or traded those my first two years for anything on the planet and because it shaped and formed everything you know, pretty much most of what I am today and how I handle things and how I view things. And I still call him. I have lunch with him, and I can go back and I can sit down and, you know, I'm you know, I'm in my 30s now, and I can still go to my college coach and sit down and go over problems or ask his advice or anything like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really great. And that sounds like you've, uh, I mean, yeah, you've had two dreams fulfilled. And I'm, I'm sure when you were a kid, you wanted to be an actor, right? That's pretty much... Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, if you have two, you know, two major things happen, that's great. And you know, the other big thing about, you know, either being in the entertainment industry, because I have some really good friends from that time that are still close friends, is, you know, going off to college and especially playing a sport in college. You know, no matter what it is, you, you have a few friends that, you know, when when you go through something like that with other people, they understand and they've gone through the same things, and those bonds never break. I've got two or three of my college basketball buddies that are my tightest friends that I've known since I was 18, 19, 20. And it doesn't matter if we live on the other side of the country or the other side of the world, which we have because, you know, we've gone around and, you know, been across the world and played basketball and some played professionally. And I went over to Germany for a little bit and, you know, had an opportunity there and visiting my best friend who was playing there. So, you know, these are my best friends. And, you know, when they get married or have kids, you know, we all just get together and we're always tight. We can pick up the phone and, you know, you don't have to talk to each other for three months, but you pick up the phone, you, you, you just catch right back up. So that's a good thing to have. Yeah. And um, so I want to also touch, uh, based on, you've got a lot of fans from the Monster Squad, especially. Yeah, um, yeah. But you growing up, you you know, uh, you know, listening, I, I know that you were kind of like in Teen Idol when you, before mm-hmm. you kind of um, went to Monster Squad. But do you think that really helped, uh, I mean, you know, to have – Monsters, like, was it more based on who you were and all the other people were that made Monster Squad what it is? Well, I think it it added a unique element to the fan base that existed then and, and, you know, 
ironically still exists now is you know having Ryan Lambert and I who were a little bit older than everybody else in the cast and a little more established and part of that kind of teen celebrity teen magazine scene brought a different element to a fan base of the movie because that brought a teenage girl audience as well a preteen a teenage girl audience not just a guy audience who the the film you know would be you know on the surface marketed to and cuz it's you know it's a, it's a boys film adventure film you know it's not a horror movie it's not a comedy it's a you know it's a it's an action adventure film with kids in it really if you really look at it but uh you know it's it's found a place in that horror cult adventure fantasy genre that the girls of the time it's become their favorite film too and i think you know some of them organically liked the film and then a lot were just from a fan base like you were mentioning before that that someone like me and and ryan who we were at the time brought to the film and that just carries on, you know, and I have, a, you know, I get a lot of correspondence over the years, and especially now, this last year and a half, we've been doing a lot of Monster Squad stuff that, you know, fans, you know, be it, you know, male or female from the time that, you know, they just love the film. And, you know, they were fans of my other work as well. And, you know, that's always nice. You know, when they're a, film, you know, when they're a fan of the film, that's great. But when they're appreciative of you and they're a fan of you and what you've done, other than just Monster Squad, you know, that adds another added, added element, which, uh, you know, you got to respect and appreciate. And it's just, a, you know, it's a blast. You know, not, not everybody on the planet gets to experience that. So you, you got to kind of appreciate that a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty much a cult success, you know, especially when, it, you know, I'm not sure how well it did uh, in the theaters, but I know, like, on video, it's one of the, you know, most celebrated kids' movies. You know? Of all time. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. So, um you know, especially now that we've had the DVD come out and it's gone <laughs> very well. They've done very good on sales and, uh, you know, units sold and now you can't get it. You know, people waited 20 years and it finally comes out. And if you weren't in line to get it for the first, you had to wait a while to get it before they reordered. So that was kind of cool as well. So it just shows that that, that love for the film is still there because, you know, it, it means something to people, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I really love um – you know, and looking at the disc, the the, the double disc, there's mm-hmm. so much stuff on there that, I mean, they've got the whole uh, documentary, and then they've got all the other, you know, like everything that they can, the commentaries and all. So it's really nice that they actually made it into like something that the fans can, you know, they've been waiting 20 years for it to. Actually right, and they got a little extra. You know, it was nice that it was finally when it was announced that they were going to do it. You know, everybody was, you know, very, you know overjoyed about that the fact was finally going to release the you know the movie on dvd and then you know we're glad that they did do some extras you know commentaries are great and then some updated interviews i think you know it's fantastic and the way they put it together was you know they did a pretty good job i you know it's better than if they had just put all the interviews and just stuck them on the back of a disc or something and you know they were just ripped it out but you know they put a little work into it and they put a little thought and it came out pretty good you know i think the fans enjoy it and uh, you know, I hope it come. I hope it comes across, you know, to something that they can, you know, hold on to with a little modern feel to what they've been waiting for twenty years for. Right, and I, I think that the thing about the Monster Squad is that, you know, with all the kids, like, you know, it was a kid action horror movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that kids can watch. That's not. It's not too scary, but scary enough. You know, I mean, I remember when I first watched it years ago. I was. You know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't scary, scary, but it was scary enough. It was like, you know, like Are You Afraid of the Dark or something like that. Those right. like Nickelodeon shows or stuff like that that weren't too scary because they couldn't, you know, they had to have the kids watch it, you know. But yeah, 
Yeah, uh, and no, and, and, and I think that's what does it because, uh, and ironically, you mentioned before, that's actually one of the main elements that hurt the film box office return-wise in 1987 because it was a little too much for preteens, and it was a little underdeveloped for you know middle and older teenagers because they thought it was a, you know for a kids movie. And the the parents of the young young ones saw and you know didn't think it, it, you know they'd want their kids to see it. So now you only have a very small window of that you know tweener and you know just becoming teenager scene, and you know it didn't do as well because it kind of kept that the, the the shoulder ages you know on left and right out. But as it got released and it came on cable and came on HBO and it came on video, then everybody found it again that they you know and then just and it, it, that's where it really took its foothold. So it worked out in the end. Yeah, because, you know, when, when the kids were that were too young for it at the time couldn't watch it, then now it's on DVD, and then, you know, when I could watch it, it's still, you know. Right, and, right. and what's great is, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people that were fans of it at the time have their own children now, and it's one of the first films that they let them watch. And, you know, it says, hey, watch this, this is my favorite film, and they sit down with them and enjoy it together. So not only do we have older Monster Squad fans, we've got second-generation Monster Squad fans. So we, we, we get those letters, and we hear that at you know, appearances all the time. So that's great, too. Exactly. And the parents are probably your age right now, or just about, or maybe a little younger or whatever, that are showing the kids. The, exactly. You know. you know, right on right on our age, a little bit younger, a little bit older. You know, now it, it, you know, it found that gap, and, you know, it's got a pretty good margin. And, you know, it just adds to the fan base. And, you know, when they have their own kids, and then their kids are bringing other friends over to watch it, and they're watching a 20-year-old movie. And it holds up because it's enjoyable for young kids even today, because uh, it's got great, you know, it's it, it's got great fun. It's got characters they can relate to, uh, even if they're five, six, or seven, or eight. It, you know, it, it's still visual. It's funny. It's got music and upbeat stuff. And even for the, you know, the parents now they watch it again, and you know, it's still their favorite movie. So they're going to watch it for the rest of their lives. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, do you think that the Monster Squad is definitely a uh... Like, I mean, when you watch it nowadays, I mean, can you, I mean, have you seen it since, like, you know, since you've done it? Oh, yeah. We, you know, we've actually, this last year and a half, we've watched it quite a bit because we go to these cast reunion screenings and special events and festivals and panels and conventions, and uh, I've seen it quite a bit this last year, and... Each time I watch it, actually, I, I try to focus on another element that I, you know, that I'm not focused on the, the previous time, and, you know, there's there's a lot of good work put into this movie, and I think that's one of the reasons that you know, a lot of, it holds up for a lot of people. The writing's great. The photography's great. The special effects are phenomenal for the time, and even those hold up now. You know, yeah, it's a little bit dated, but they're still real. You know, it's models. It's clay. It's makeup. It's nothing, you know, there's very little digital stuff in this movie. And the stuff that is digital or special effect camera work is, you know, extremely creative, and it's these, you know, top camera effects guys that had to create this stuff with the model makers and the special effect makeup people, and that's real. Now you just plug it into a program and tell you what you want, and it spits it out, and it's very easy for people, uh, I think. You know, and back then it was a lot of work to get, you know, these effects across, and you can watch it today, and you're like, you know what? This thing still holds up, and, wow, that was very creative for the time, or this dialogue's very clever, and these reactions with the actors are very good. I try to... You know, when you're an actor in something, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, you tend to watch yourself a lot. But if you can consciously take yourself out of that and watch other things, it becomes just such more of a full picture for you. 
And I like to watch, you know, the reactions and the cues and the lines and the timing of everybody else in this movie, like Ashley Bank, who played Phoebe, and Ryan, and even Brent Shalem, who played Horace, and even the side characters. I, I mean, everybody's really good in this movie, and I think that's why everybody likes it, because everything's really spot on. And, you know, you can't watch it with a discerning eye from your own, you know, you know, keyhole perspective because you're going to nitpick things apart that you knew because you had an inside track on it. And so when you take yourself out of that and you watch it so many times as we've done this year, it's just really fun and enjoyable, and I get a kick out of it every time. Yeah, and, um, you know, you mentioned Brent, and um, it's, it's sad to hear about what happened to him and everything. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, nobody was in contact with the time, and I actually heard from, you know, a third party way. I was, you know, I was actually just graduated college when I heard – and someone had come up and told me about it, and I was like, you're kidding. And, you know, it was just, you know, that really is kind of unfortunate because especially 10 years later from that, that he would have definitely enjoyed doing what we're doing this year and him enjoy the DVD coming out and going to these cash reunions because everybody loves his character. And he's got some of the better lines in the movie. Yeah. And, you know, I think the fans would have really, really, you know, get a kick out of seeing Brent today. And, you know, that's just really, like I said, you know, you can't say how unfortunate enough it is. Yeah, exactly. Are you still there, Andre? Yeah, I can hear me. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought I thought for a second you had uh No, no. Okay, yeah. Um so uh yeah, it's it's yeah, it sucks about Brent, but you know, I'm sure he's looking down and going, Man, you know, he's he's there in spirit, definitely. And, definitely. Uh, and you know, whether you know and the fans bring his spirit there too because they all know and you know, very few of them don't know when you do tell them they're like really, you know, taken aback about it. And but they all they all know you know most of them know and they all feel and they understand and they still enjoy it anyway. And I saw a write up of somebody on a website I can't remember which one it was but uh, they gave a little homage to Brent at the end of a you know a little blog or a write up and it said you know Brent you know uh, you know forever you out there you know if, you know believe in heaven and the afterlife I hope it's there for you and I hope it's full of Twinkies and devoid of monsters. <laughs> I thought that was really clever and really sweet so uh, you know we passed that along as well. Oh that's really great. And, um, yeah, it's too bad. If you had known about that, you probably would have, you know, been able to go. and Yeah, been able to go and find out, you know, and, and, and been around, and, you know, maybe we could all gotten together or something. But uh, that was right in kind of that weird, you know, it was 10 years after, around, I believe, you know, right after 10 years. I think it was like 96. And, you know, we were all kind of spread out. I had just graduated college, so I was still living in North Carolina and, you know, kind of out of touch with everything. It was right at the peak of being out of touch and being deep into some other stuff. So, I was a little out of the loop at the time, so that that you know that was unfortunate as well. So, how did um, the people that you know everybody that got together to to get this DVD and everything started? How did the, how did that come about? Like, how did they contact you? Or well, what really uh, launched the whole thing for this year was when uh, Quint from Ain't It Cool News put together a screening at the famous Alamo Draft House in downtown Austin, Texas. And they finally, he'd been wanting to do something like that for years, got it together, got a hold of me. I put him in touch with Ryan and Ashley, and we got Fred Decker on board, and we all had this great cast reunion screening at the kick-ass Alamo Draft House, which is one of the best places ever. And it's just a really cool movie theater in Austin, which is a great town as well. And it just it was a successful event. They, they had two sold-out screenings and Q&As and signing, autograph signings afterwards, and they turned, you know, there's about 250 people or so in each screening, and they turned away a couple hundred people each screening on the street. So that's when everybody knew there was something there. 
and the web just blew up after that and really got a hold of, you know, Monster Squad Mania. And we started doing other cash union screenings and festivals and conventions and, you know, appearances left and right, and people just started coming out of the woodwork and asking for us to appear places. And, you know, after that, it's like, no, we had a screening of the Monster Squad at our theater a couple of years ago, and it sold out, but if we could have a cast there, it would be great. And so we just kind of jumped on it, and I enjoyed doing something like that, because who doesn't, you know? And, you know, Ashley's been a trooper, and Ryan's been to a bunch of them, and it just, you know, the three of us there, and if Fred can show up, it's great. It's just a fun event, and the fans really get a kick out of it and really appreciate it. And I've had a blast going all over the country for the last year and a half doing appearances for Monster Squad. And in about, I believe, February of, of this, you know, February of 07, the the web had started leaking out that, yes, there is going to be a, a, a DVD and Lionsgate's going to put it out. And the whole question the whole year before that was, when's the DVD coming out? And it was a rights issue. Nobody knew who actually had the title rights or the video rights to the film because the, the libraries had been sold of the subsequent holders so many times that nobody knew who had the piece of paper, I guess. And we are trying to track it down. Well, once all this attention started coming up, they found it. So we learned in about February and then learned in March we were at Monster Mania Convention in New Jersey. And that's actually where we did the, um, the first announcement and did a lot of the um, special features and documentary stuff and a couple of the interviews and commentaries. Oh, sweet. Actually, we have a caller. Okay. Uh, somebody calling in. So let me um, get to them real quick. Uh, let's see. Um, 267, you should be on. Hello? Hello? Uh, 267, you're on. Oh, they just hung up. Oh, they just hung up. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, we, uh, I left it going so you could finish your, you know, your talking. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, no I problem. Interrupt they, me. Uh, you interrupt know, me they just time. heard you talking, and I guess, you know, they were probably trying to talk and can understand why it wasn't, you know. Well, let's have, let's have them call back. Yeah, if you want to call back, if you're listening, if you want to call back, uh, you know, area code 267, just call back, let us know uh, that you, if you have any questions for Andre, that's cool. You know, we're up for uh, <clears throat> doing a call-in show, so, you know, and um, I guess, you know, I'm really happy that I got in touch with you, too. Like, um, you know, my friend had brought over the Monster Squad DVD because uh, a while ago, like a little while ago when it came out, Mm-hmm. And I was really excited to see it. I hadn't seen it in years, you know. And I think like um, I used to see it on v- uh, VHS, you know, at the local video store or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, years ago, but I hadn't like you know seen it since. So when I rewatched it, I was like, oh man, this is great. And then I rewatched it again, you know, with like my dad to mm-hmm. kind of get another, you know, before the show to kind of get another thing. And every time, like, there's something different. You know, there's something new that I'll see. You know, yeah. There, there's a lot. There's a lot in this movie. And this was, you know, kind of, you know, alluding to it before that as I try to watch, you know, a different. I try to focus on a different aspect of it each time I see it. You know, again and again. And you know, there's there's a lot of thought put into this movie. And you know, I just remember I wish we'd actually shot every scene that was in the original first draft of the screenplay or, or the first shooting draft of the screenplay because the original draft was a lot longer and had a ton of stuff in it that was just you know not capable of doing it at the time but um you know our shooting script got chopped down and then we actually shot off on like an 82 page script and you know as you know as you see on um 
the, the special edition DVD, there's a couple of deleted scenes there that were found in archives. And then on the web right now, there's some other deleted scenes that are floating around that we actually shot that weren't in the final cut. And there's actually another few minutes out there that, you know, wasn't found off the master edit cut that we actually shot. So we had a little bit longer movie, about 13 minutes or so, according to Fred, that nobody ever saw. And even beyond that, in the original shooting script, there was so much more because Fred and Shane had put so much monster lore and history and setups and payoffs. You know, there's a lot of things in the movie as you watch it now, if you actually knew the original you know, script, that there was a scene that wasn't shot that set up a scene that you do see in the movie. And then vice versa, there's some, there's some setups that there ends up not being any payoffs that there was originally intended before. And I always thought that was one unfortunate aspect, but, you know, later on you learn that that happens in just about every film that's made. So you just kind of go, you know, you kind of go with that because that's how things are done. But, yeah, it, there's so much involved in this because Fred is such a, you know, you know, deep thinker, creative guy, and he has so much knowledge about, you know, his, his monster lore and his love for those monsters and his love for, you know, his original concept of putting this film together was what if the original Universal Monsters met the Little Rascals is what was the original catalyst to, to him to start putting something like that together and then called Shane Blacken, who was his buddy at the time. You know, buddy, they grew up, you know, went to school together, writing partners, and um, got together and started creating this story. And it turned out to be what it was, and it turned out great. All right, well, the caller's back. Hold on. Okay. Uh, 267, you should be on now. Hello? Hi. Hey, what's going on? I know, I just called. I got disconnected. Oh, okay. Uh, who's this? This is John. Oh, hey. How you doing, John? Hi, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, you're talking with Andre Gower. Oh, um, hi. How you doing? Hey, John. How's it going? Good. Um, I was just wondering if there's any chance of you coming back to Monster Mania coming up in March in New Jersey? Uh, well, you know, it's, uh, I'm game if, you know, if the schedule works out. And the, the, the major aspect of getting someone there is if they invite me back. So, you know, hopefully they'll uh, they'll give me a call and want want us back or want me back or something. I'd love to go. I had a great time. And I was just wondering, like, what was it like being in uh, the Monster Squad? Well, you know, it was a great experience. You know, we've been sitting here talking about what a blast it was, uh, you know, as it came out with how the fans love it. And, you know, at the time, you know, shooting the movie, it was a great experience. You know, it was a lot of work. But, uh, you know, especially for a 13-year-old or, you know, and five-year-old, like some of us, you know, Ashley and Michael. But, uh, you know, it was a really neat experience because it was a very unique film. And, you know, as we can see, it holds up today. So that's something special as well. So to be a part of something like that, that was very cool and unique at the time and is still very cool and unique 20 years later. You know, that's something to be, uh, you know, be appreciative of and understand that it's very unique. So it was very cool. Ah, that's awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for calling, dude. All right, John, take care. All right, you have a good one, man. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Well, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, Um, you know, if more people want to call in and, uh, you know, talk to Andre, that's that's fine. It's a call-in show, so feel free uh, if you're listening. Uh, I can't tell how many people are listening until, like, later, like, until pretty much after it's done. Gotcha. uh, But it would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, call on in. We'll be here for you know, be here for a few more minutes until my phone dies. <laughs> I've been traveling this weekend, so it's uh, it's gotten some use out of it. So, oh, cool. But, but uh, yeah, it's great. It's uh, you know, like he mentioned, you know, coming back to Monster Mania, which we did in March. Uh, love to, you know, if uh, 
anybody out there knows them or knows the people that put it on, write to them. Tell them you want you want you know, you know you want me back or want us back as a cast. We you know we'll definitely you know appreciate the invite and look forward to doing it again. Oh uh, yeah, and um, so you've done all these conventions too, right? Now that you know it's kind yeah, of done, back done out hand- there. And- yeah, I've done a handful of them now that, uh, you know, the DVD, you know, even before the DVD and now that the DVD has come out, uh, you know, conventions, quote unquote conventions, you know, tend to book well in advance. So right now I'm getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of invites for festivals late in the fall and even after the first of the year. So uh, I just did one in Kentucky that was great. I did uh, Fright Night Film Fest, uh, which was, uh, you know, a pretty cool event, great town in Louisville, Kentucky that, um, you know, was there for two days, met a lot of fans, signed a lot of autographs. Uh, it was a neat time, and I think a lot of people enjoyed that as well. Uh, got a couple more coming up. I've actually got a uh, really cool event that I'm actually helped putting on in Durham, North Carolina, uh, at the Carolina Theater on August 6th. It's going to be a special screening with uh, – me and some of the cast members from the Monster Squad. So uh, if you're in the uh, if that area or know somebody, let them know about it. There'll be information on my website and uh, MySpace information about that event. So you know the, the next few months we're already getting booked up and a lot of travel and a lot of cool events, screenings, festivals, conventions, things like that. So it's going to be pretty fun. Do you think um, now you talked about your MySpace and your website and everything? Do you mm-hmm. think it's you know do you think MySpace is a really good tool to get get yourself out there and you know, it, it, it's funny because I have I avoided MySpace for a long time, and it, I, I think I finally got on board with MySpace at the right time. And I didn't even get into it from an entertainment business uh, platform. You know, something out there, you know, to um, disseminate information and, and network and get a lot of information out there quick to a lot of people. But now that you know, in this last year and a half. It's been great because MySpace people are fantastic. Everybody, you know, that has one understands it, knows what it's for. And I try to be real selective. I've got, you know, I've got, you know, hundreds of friends, quote, unquote, on the MySpace. Uh, you know, the first page of them, you know, or two are all my personal friends. And that's where it all started. You know, I just ended up doing something for my, you know, personal friends. And then with the fan base and the networking and the entertainment aspect and the film aspect of it just launched, you know, it's just grown and grown and grown, and people find out you have a MySpace, or they search you, or they search Monster Squad. Monster Squad itself has, you know, a, a couple fan-based Monster Squad MySpace pages. So the movie itself has a MySpace identity, not just the people that were in it. And, you know, it, it does help. It's a fantastic platform for what it is. I think it can be overused and abused in certain aspects, but for if you're using it for certain things and people want information to stay in touch, I think it's fantastic. And... The one thing that, uh, you know, if anybody's out there that's on my MySpace page or, you know, part of my friends list, I try to be real selective with, you know, who gets friended. You know, I I try to say, you know, please send me a message, you know, let me know that you are, you know, trying to contact me. Because the one problem with MySpace or friend network sites like that is you can just do, you know, a blast train email to be on someone's friends list, and you don't know who they are. And they're not necessarily wanting to be your friend because they don't know anything about you. They just want to add on friends. And... That was one thing that that's one thing I try to track and try to be real selective and make sure that the people that are trying to get on my friends list are there for that specific reason that they want to be on my friends list, not just some random thing. And you know, a lot of ads and a lot of spam and a lot of stuff like that you try to you know try to avoid. So you know, it's a lot of work. And you know, now that everything's so popular on MySpace, you know, it takes a little while to get back to people or, or write the blog. So but hang in there. <laughs> All right. Well, we got another caller. Hold on. Great. Two and five, you should be on. 
Hello? What? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, who's this? Uh, this is Matt from Bentham, Pennsylvania. Oh, hey, how you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. All hey, right. Matt, how's it going? Yep, we're talking about, you? you're talking to Andre. Oh, uh, hey, you just talked to my brother earlier. Oh, uh, No, I had a question. Um, how did the, the director come up with the storyline, like, for the Monster Squad? Like, how did that come about? Well, basically, when Fred, uh, mentioned a little while ago, Fred uh, got together and said, you know what, I want to put together two of my favorite aspects of all time, and one of them being the Little Rascals, the little rascals and one of them being the famous Universal Monsters. And he got together, started formulating an idea, and got with his buddy Shane Black and said, hey, let's write this. So they just started writing it, and that's how it came about. And they wanted to stay real true to the kind of, you know, history lore of these monsters and how they come about and what would happen. But it was the first time that all these monsters had been brought together at one time. You know, these were, these were singular headlining monsters on their own movies, and now they're all in one. So it was kind of a unique, you know, unique creative thing that had never been done before. Right. Because, uh, like, I saw that movie for the first time when I was, like, I was young. I was, like, seven, eight years old, and I fell in love with that movie. And, like, years after that, I was trying to, like, buy it like, in stores, and, like, they said they stopped printing it. Then yeah. just a little bit ago, they said they brought him in again, they're selling out. Then I just, I was able to grab a copy, so, but that movie, though, like, that was unbelievable, that movie. Well, great, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, these are the stories we hear all the time, so I'm glad, you know, you appreciate it, I'm glad you, you know, you got your hands on a DVD, because that's why they put it out there, so hopefully these fans can get a hold of it, and uh, it, it's, again, become something that the Monster Squad fans that, that you know, cherish their worn-out VHS tapes can now cherish their DVD and they don't have to uh, worry about it breaking in the machine. <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, uh, Matt, like, uh, like, have you checked all the uh, special features on the desk? On the the desk? special features? Uh, yeah, actually, we, uh, the documentaries, like, uh, it talks about, like, everybody when they're all grown up, like, where they're, where they're at now and everything. Yeah, so did you, have you liked all this stuff? Is that your, have you... Like, do you like a specific uh, special feature? I want to know because, as a you know, fan's perspective, I like to hear that. Oh yeah, like the one thing that got me was uh, with Horace when they said uh, like he passed away. When it was like 1997, it was yeah, like that shocked me. You know, when I heard about that. Yeah, when we were talking about it a little while ago, it's. Uh, it, I'm glad you know we 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 do mention it. Uh, we don't get into it too much, but we you know we you know we give a little shout out to them and uh, let everybody know that we're still thinking about them. And you know, like I said, you know, a lot of people know about it, but some don't. So I think this is a good way to uh, let everybody you know in on the fact that you know he did pass away a couple years ago, and uh, you know everybody's still thinking about him. So I think that works. Yeah, it was real shame like what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for calling, Matt. And uh, your brother was John that just called. Oh uh, yeah, that was my brother John. Yeah, he was at Monster Mania, so he was asking if you guys, uh, if you're going to be there uh, this year in March. Cause I, I was, I missed it because I had to work, but I'll definitely be there in March though. So. Oh I'm yeah, well, you know, like I said, you know, uh, write the people that put on Monster Mania, or you know, write on the, you know, write on their website, or give them an email and say you want us back, so, and we'll definitely go if we can. We'd love to. Oh, definitely. I would definitely like to meet you. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling, and um, yeah, uh, thank and thank uh, you know we thanked your brother earlier. So it was really great to have you guys call in, and um, you know, uh, hopefully you guys can re-listen to this interview or whatever, you know, or pass uh, it on. Oh uh, yeah, definitely, big fan. Hi, All man. Right. Take care. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good, good one, man. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good.
And, uh, you know, that kind of gives that element of, uh, you know, when he saw it years ago and, uh, you know, had it and, you know, found the DVD and, you know, you now can enjoy it. So that's what it's all about. I know. And especially, like, it's really cool for you to hear this stuff. And I'm sure you hear it when you see all the fans. And do you ever have fans that, like, approach you but are kind of, like, a little awkward about approaching you? Like, they're afraid that you might be a little bit different than, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you always have that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, there's a couple different, you know, reactions and elements of, you know, you know, fans having, you know, problem come up and speaking to you. But, uh, you know, you know, I can speak for me myself, definitely. And, you know, you know, Ashley and Ryan and people like Fred and other people in the film that I know personally, it's, you know, we're all really nice, regular people that, you know, do the same stuff that you do every day. And we just happen to do some other stuff as well. That's pretty cool. And when we go to conventions, you know, we're really personal, or personable rather, and, you know, we like to sit and talk, uh, you know, like to sit and talk and get to know the people for a few minutes and instead of just standing in an autograph line and ripping a signature out and passing people along their way. I, you know, it's nice to go to these conventions and, and where it's just a steady stream of people coming up, you know, throughout the day and you get to know where they're from and, they, you know, you, you get a kick out of hearing everybody's individual story of what the movie means to them or, or, or how they you know, got their hands on a VHS or how they had to wait in line for the DVD and, you know, what their favorite line is and what their favorite character is and what their favorite scene is and how they used to go in their own backyard and, and play Monster Squad and create their own world that, you know, it, you know, I just wrote about this the other day. And, you know, that, that, that's what's great because now you know you're part of something that instilled a little creativity and some getting outside and, and creating something in your own mind because I love it. I, you know, I grew up going outside and playing all the time. I still go outside and imagine stuff, and that's because you know, I'm a very creative-based person. And you know, I love the fact that there's groups of kids out in their backyards playing our characters and, and making scenes and scenarios and saving the world, or you know, their, at least their own back porches. Yeah, exactly. And do you have, you know, without mentioning any names of fans or whatever, but do you have mm-hmm. any, like, fan stories of anything, like, anything crazy about how how big a fan they were like did they do say anything or do anything that uh that made you think oh man this is a mega fan well you know it's uh it's a lot of people know you know every single line you know every single scene so that no you know and that's a lot of them so not really stand out you know there's there's one guy that I met and uh now I can't remember either where I met him or where he sent his stuff but um he actually had a great tattoo done of the amulet, like photorealistic photo of of the amulet on his shoulder, and it turned out fantastic. And I thought that was pretty original. So he's right on the top of the list there. And then, you know, a lot of fans that come about, and, uh, uh, you know, of course now the people are older and married, and either you have a female fan that comes up that was a fan of you, and she's got to bring her husband. And, you know, that's kind of an awkward situation where, you know, you're someone's, you know, teenage idol or heartthrob or, you know, had photos on the wall or somebody or part of your fan club when you were 13 or 14, and now you got to meet them. And, you know, they bring their husbands, and, you know, it, it, it's awkward for them, but I get a kick out of it, you know, because, you know, it's it's no harm done. It's, you know, it's all 20 years ago, and, you know, it's just great stories now. So if, if you're at, at an event that I'm at and you've got, you know, some second thoughts about coming up and, you know, saying hi or introducing yourself or telling me some wacky story, we all love it. Don't worry about it. Keep them coming. Well, that's great. And uh yeah that's that's really crazy to think that uh you know I mean did you get a lot of fan mail you know like you know growing up 
Yeah, well, you know, I had uh, I had actually had a fan club back in the day that, uh, you know, ran pretty regularly, had, you know, thousands of fans, you know, as members. And, you know, we sent out regular newsletters and photos and had contests and, you know, you know, the, the, the typical stuff back then. And then, you know, even now, I guess, you know, sort of your quote unquote fan club, you know, is the people that are, you know, registered on my website or stop by and get those infos or order stuff out of the store or, you know, want pictures now. And, you know, stuff like the MySpace. I mean, you know, we've got, you know, thousands and thousands of people dropping by and saying hi on the MySpace and, you know, wanting to know if we're coming to their town or, you know, what's next on the agenda or the schedule or something like that. So I guess it's kind of, uh, you know, the the new modern fan club. So it's kind of cool, too. It's probably easier nowadays, you know, now now the day of technology for people to actually do, you know, fan clubs and it is. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, I don't actually, even know especially how they... with emails. I mean, I, you know, I can't imagine how, you know, I can only remember how vaguely how we did it, and we had to sit and read letters, and, you know, you had, you know, you had a, a you know, a team of people, you know, getting back to special, you know, reading certain ones and filtering them, and, you know, I would write back by hand, you know, and, and mail stuff out with an actual postage stamp and a letter, and, uh, you know, nowadays people can email and you can you can stay in touch back and forth a lot easier and quicker now, obviously. But then even if you're sending something to somebody, it's a little it's a little bit less time consuming to you know have them write you and get something out. Or you know if they're sending something in like a memorabilia to you and sending it in to get signed and and sent back to them, you know it's a little bit easier to do it with a website as a as a hub to to make all that happen. Yeah, I mean that sounds like it's it's it'd be tougher back then. To get stuff, you know, to get stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, it's all letters and papers and postage. It was just, oh, can't imagine. Can't imagine doing it that way now. And and most people don't. People don't use snail mail. They'll, they'll have, like, an official site and then have, like, a contact page or something right. like that. Right, which, which I do as well because, you know, AndreGower.com is you can go there and get photos and updates and news and my schedule and what's next on the, my agenda, what's next on the Monster Squad agenda, stuff like that, and then, of course, the MySpace. So, and they both link up to each other, and I've got a lot of other links of friends and other cool sites like Ryan Lambert's band, Elephone. He's linked on our site, and they're getting ready to you know, tour and record again. So it's a great way to just get other stuff out there that you're involved in as well because uh, it's just so quick and easy to access the information. So it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually trying to get maybe uh, Ashley and Ryan on, you know, a separate show like mm-hmm. sometime mm-hmm. and talk sure. about. It. I'm sure they, I'm sure they'd be down with it, but I just have yeah, really you know, like every, you know, everybody's schedule. You know, we work, we travel, we do a lot of stuff. So if it works out timing wise, it works out great. You know, it worked out great for me tonight because I've got a late flight return home, so I had this good block of time right now. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I know you're at a wedding or whatever, so... Yeah, one of my best friends got, uh, when I was, uh, one of my best friends from when I lived in Las Vegas, I still have a house here, he got married uh, to a girl he'd been uh, seeing for a couple of years that I know very well, and so I flew all the way from the East Coast and uh, w- didn't want to miss this weekend, so we had, my other good buddy was here that just moved uh, out of Vegas as well, it was, it was the three of us were really good friends in Vegas a couple of years ago, and now we stay in touch, and we came for my buddy's wedding, so I had a good weekend. Yeah, that sounds like it. And uh sounds like, I mean, this whole, uh, and also you did, uh, you just did a convention, right? You did. Uh... Yeah, the one in Louisville, the Fright Night Film Fest, that was cool. Uh, and then uh, getting ready to, there's, I don't have my schedule in front of me. And like I said, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of getting crazy now. But uh, got the, got the screening in Durham, North Carolina that we're putting on in, on uh, October 6th. 
that's going off. Uh, so if you're in the area, you know, write me, let me know, and uh, tickets go on sale. I think September 19th for that. So uh, we, we've only got a short time to another big event. We've only got a few short weeks. Yeah, um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you did something for Halloween. You know, for Monster Squad. Well, we're trying. I think that, you know, there's a lot out there that's asking, and we're trying to you know narrow it down to you know a few of the best ones that you know work out in timing and schedule wise, and you know can impact the you know the biggest amount of fans. Yeah, I mean that would be the perfect time to you know. Perfect time. Perfect time. Yeah, and uh, so you know, how long ago was the the DVD release? It wasn't. It just got released, right? The DVD was released the uh, on July twenty fourth. So yeah, it just came out too. So. Yeah, you know, barely. You know, it's just over a month. So, uh, and it was uh, just on. It was on the top five on Amazon sales the entire first five days it was out. And it dropped out of the top ten in one day because they ran out of inventory, so they couldn't sell anymore. So that was the reason. <laughs> that was one reason things drop off on Amazon is because they run out of uh, units, and that's what happened with them. And then uh, it just got uh, number seventeen on Entertainment Weekly's top twenty for the yeah, month. That's, so that's great, though. You know, and this was a film that was twenty years ago that had no promotion for the DVD. So, you know, barely any uh, you know effort on that. So it's all it's all the fans doing. Man, that's great. And, I mean, just knowing that you've got all these people that, you know, support you. I know they did petitions. They did everything that they could to get yeah, us so, out. You know, when all that started and the fervor started to grow and the energy was, uh, you know, really buzzing, uh, we knew that something was going to happen and we knew that it would get done sooner than later, which was good. And, you know, originally when they announced the DVD, it had an October of 07 release date and then like two two short months later they said no we're going to release it in july so they, they cranked it out three or four months earlier than originally planned and it's you know it's still done fantastic so uh, i think it's going to do well all the way through the end of the year that's great that's great that's great to hear because i mean uh you know i think everybody loves the movie and people want to keep seeing it you know and you know over and over again and showing everybody that they know. I think I'm probably going to show as many people as I can. Yeah. The movie because even if they hadn't seen it back when it came out, it's still, like you said earlier, it still holds up today. Like, this movie could be remade if, well, I don't want it to be, but it could right. be remade and it, you know, it wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't change anything. You know, like, it, you know, it'd be, it'd probably still be the same movie, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, especially with the visual effects. I mean, that one scene at the end with the, uh, you know, with the them going to hell or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, that was pretty cool, and that almost looks like something that would be made today. Yeah, and if it would be made today, it would be, you know, done totally digital, and that stuff was actually done. That's actual photography with, you know, specialized cameras and lenses and models, and that vortex that, you know, is sucking everybody in is actually... Um, smoke and you know they're shooting moving smoke and doing it into a you know a, a, a vacuum cylinder and then they put that in and you know that's how these creative guys did it originally now they would you know they would stick in something and make this really fantastic grandiose you know whirlwind with some you know computer generated effects that would you know look very very cool it just wouldn't be as uh, you know it wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't look as authentic but it would still look cool if they did it today but uh you know, that's the charm of something, you know, right on the cusp of the digital age because we were right, you know, in the late 80s, and that's right when things started to change, so we had a little bit of both. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, yeah I mean, I'm sure you were you were just excited that all this stuff was going to happen. Did you, when you, when you, when it first came out in the theaters and stuff, um, did it play on a lot of screens? 
You know, it did. It had, it had a fairly long, uh, wide release, and it was in the theaters for, you know, in the major markets for, you know, two or three weeks or so. And then, uh, you know, like I said, it was a, it was a victim of its own, uh, you know, charm. And, you know, being, you know, and it lost a little audience. It had a big audience surge at the beginning. You know, in its opening week, it did very well. And then it kind of petered out because, uh, it, it, you know, they ended up pulling it from the theater so people couldn't repeat as many times as they wanted to. And then they had to wait for, you know, video to come out. And back in the day, it used to take, you know, a long time to get something out on video. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's what kind of hurt. And, you know, back in the day, but, uh, you know, I guess as a filmmaker from a director standpoint or a producer standpoint, it wasn't seen as a, you know, a, you know, uh, you know, a knock you down success in the box office. But like I said, I would, I'd rather be involved in something like this that heads that holds its weight in water today. And then just have some blockbuster 20 years ago that when people are thinking about it, they go, Oh yeah, I remember that. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I think I remember that. But I'd rather have Monster Squad tell me, you know, Monster Squad fans tell me how much they appreciate it and love the film 20 years later than being part of something that people forget. Exactly. And I just think that everybody, um, you know, it's just one of those things that, you, like I said, it was a cult success, you know, pretty much on video. And we, we've talked about that a lot and how just the fans care so much. But do you think that... Um, I mean, do you think without the fans, this probably just would have, you know, died out like the? No, yeah. I mean, without without the fans, I think there would have been, you know, the handful that, you know, still loved the film when they saw it and held on to the videotapes. And every once in a while, they'd see it or they they'd pull it out and blow the dust off and oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that and I'm gonna pull out my VCR. Uh, but definitely not this last year and a half. It's because of the fans and that energy that kind of just started to swell and you know reached a boiling point. They're the ones that got it going and got it on DVD, and it's because of them that it's doing so well. And, you know, it's just that that goes to show that, uh, you know, it's the fans that make movies go. And, you know, despite what big studios put out or little indie labels put out, if it's good and fans like it, it will have life and it'll, it'll continue to go. And you can, you can make a $300 million mega blockbuster studio picture and nobody likes it and nobody cares. And, you know, it's just, it's up to the fans. It really is. But, you know, no matter what the marketing is, it, it comes down to the fans and the people buying the tickets and watching it at home. Who, who makes movies last? When you, um, to, go, to go back to a lot of things, when you uh, first read the script, what did you think? I, 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 thought, I, remember, I remember, remember very well. I thought it was uh, extremely unique. There was a lot of cool stuff involved in it. And, you know, remember I said, you know, they, they chopped the shooting script down, you know, by 20 pages or so. So there was a lot of extra stuff in there. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that we did shoot that wasn't in there, like I mentioned. So, I mean, there was a lot of fun. There was, you know, adventure. There was a lot of location shooting. There was a lot of on-set stuff. So it wasn't a boring film to make. And, you know, when you're 13 and you've got to work, you know, three, three and a half months straight every day, all day as a kid, there's a lot to do there. And then, of course, when you're doing a production with kids, you've got to get all the kids' stuff done during the day, and then you've got to shoot all night to get everything else done. There's no in-between, because so, the kids have to go home at a certain time. And so, you know, that, you know that's where you've got to give a lot of credit to the production crew and to Fred as a director to really kind of, you know, organizing this and getting everything across as well as it did with the kind of shooting schedule that they had. Yeah, and um, I, I, you know, in the interview that I heard, uh, did you originally go for the role of Rudy? 
Yeah, actually, I did. My original, my original auditioning and, and, and screen testing was for the role of Rudy, and because up until Monster Squad, a lot of my roles had been, you know, kind of the cool kid with the cool hair and dressed kind of hip at the time, and that's what you know. I just kind of rolled into that, and for some reason, Fred saw something that, uh, you know, he wanted to, you know, transpose from me into the lead character of Sean. And, you know, cast me in that role. And I think, you know, things work, you know, I was actually, I was like, oh, man, I didn't get the cool role. But uh, now, you know, I ended up getting the lead role in the movie, and I think things turned out pretty good for everybody. So, I mean, Ryan, you know, if I had played Rudy in the movie, it wouldn't have come across as well as Ryan did. I mean, he's a fantastic character and pulled it off great. Yeah, exactly. Like, the first time you see Ryan and he's smoking that cigarette. and Oh, it's a great scene. Yeah. Classic. It's classic. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a classic. and. You know, and just the fact, you know, I think it's really funny to see, like, Jason Hervey before, you know, before he went on to the Wonder Years or whatever. And Yeah, and you know. I, I, had known, I had known him for years. He and I were good, good friends, and, you know, he had, you know, he has two great scenes in the movie, too. So it's fantastic to have, you know, people you know and, you know, remember, you know memorable characters and memorable lines and scenes that go on and do other stuff, so it's great. Yeah, he, you know, everybody was great. I mean... Uh, you know, so it was cool to see everybody, and I think everybody, like you said, everybody was right for the part. Yeah, I, I think everybody, you know, there were some people that had worked before and then people that hadn't. You know, Brent Jalen, this is one, of, you know, like the first thing he ever did, and you know, it was you know, it was. I remember he struggled with a lot of stuff because he just wasn't as experienced. And look, you know, he, you're you know, ten, twelve years old doing something like this that you've never done before. It's a lot of hard work, and it's you know, it's very intimidating and. You know, we struggled, you know, I remember him struggling with a lot of stuff, and we struggled with stuff, and, I mean, it just came across great, though. So, in all those struggles and, 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 and trials and tribulations of, you know, getting stuff right, it just, you know, it turned out great, and it is what it is. It's fantastic. And he, you know, and he kind of, like, and you said he, you know, it took him a while, and he kind of got it or whatever, but he kind of almost steals the movie at some point, you know? Oh, I mean, he's the, everybody falls in love with Horace, you know, he's got, you know, he's so endearing and charming, and, I think that's what happened with, you know, his his uh greenness and inexperience as a veteran actor trans you know, just kind of transferred right into his character of being innocent and sweet and naive and you know, just so innocent and everybody relates to that and feels for him and you know, and then you know, when that guy becomes a hero, everybody loves it. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, the last thing my name is Horace is you know, I mean, that's- Big line. That's one of the that's one of the half a dozen great one lines from this movie that everybody loves. Yeah, everybody uh, everybody quotes. Um, but yeah, and I'm sure you know if he were around today, uh, people would uh, quote uh, Wolfman's got nards. To him, oh yeah, you know I hear you know I hear it every day. It's it's great. I mean it's a great line. I hadn't heard it since. You know didn't hear it then. Hadn't heard it since. So we own it and we've got it and it's a great line. Yeah no well no I don't think anybody would because there's just. You know, no place to put it. That's right, you know, and, and everybody would know where it comes from, so that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. So they'll be like, "Oh man, you stole that from Monster Squad." Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's a great thing, and especially knowing that you know Shane Black and Fred Decker, um, you know, were like friends. Like I think I heard that they were, uh, you know, uh, was it the college uh, friends? You know, yep. and everything, and they worked together, and. Um, and then Shane went on to do uh, Lethal Weapon and stuff like that. 
Yeah, well, you know, Fred he's Wynn gone on to be one of the, you know, most prolific writers in Hollywood and, and most successful. So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I, that's glad to be part of that. And he loves the Monster Squad, too. It's, you know, it's, uh, he put a lot of work into that. And, you have know, Fred you, have did you as well. seen, like, him since, like, since uh, the, you know, Monster Squad was done or, like, recently what? or anything? Have you seen Shane since? I'm sorry, ask me that again. Uh, have you seen Shane since? Like, oh, you know, yeah. Like, you know, Shane, Shane has come to a couple of my birthday parties over the years, and, you know, I see him, you know, every once in a while. I just saw him this year at the Austin Film Festival. He was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award and sat down with him and got to hang out with him for a little bit. He's a great guy. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's, very, he's very intelligent. He's very creative. He's a great writer. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see his next, you know, whatever you know, next thing he's working on. I think he just directed a movie a, a little while ago. Yeah. Well, he wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is one of my, you know, all-time favorite movies now because it's just fantastically written, and it's actually shot pretty well. It's a, it's a great movie, and uh, that was his directorial debut, and uh, I love that. I mean, it's on my top, you know, it's on my top list of favorite films. Yeah. Um, so do you think that, um, you know, having all these people, I mean, do you think it, you know, that that put their heart and soul into the movie, do you think that might have been the, one of the main reasons why it was so, you know, well done and so well I, I think so, because I think everybody like Fred, like Shane, uh, like us in the cast, I think everybody, like you said, put so much into it because everybody was, you know, they wanted to. They wanted to put 110% into what they were doing, and it really meant something at the time. So, you know, you get some quality out of that. You know, you know, even back then, but even especially nowadays, people get, you know, signed on to write or direct or something. They just kind of go through the motions. There was none of that on this, on any aspect. I mean, everybody was completely dedicated to it and put a lot of long work into it, and it shows. And, you know, nothing was glossed over. Nothing was just half-assed. And everything was really put down, you know, you know, they dropped the hammer on a lot of things all day long and, uh, you know, <laughs> burned the candle on both ends, like I was saying before, shooting this thing. And uh, it comes across, and it's a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of heart. And I think that's one thing, like you said, that does, that does come through. Yeah, and, um, I mean, Fred, I, I'm surprised that Fred hasn't really, like, I know he's been doing the TV show Enterprise and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but, you know, I just can't wait for him to do another movie. You know? Well, I think I think he's got a couple projects in the works this year. So, uh, you know, for all those Fred Decker fans out there, I think we're going to get to see some more cool stuff that uh, we'll get to enjoy. Uh, you know, my, myself being one of them. Um, was it? You know, I think I read an interview or something or something that he said that he wanted to. Maybe it was in the interview in the Monster Squad interview, but he's wanted to do a, a sequel at some point. Well, you know that you know after where's the DVD? That's been the all-time question. It's you know now that the DVD's out is you know when's the sequel coming out, and a follow-up movie. And you know it started off as a little hey that'd be fun or you know what do we do with that? To now I think, uh, you know I think if Fred got the support behind him that he'd want uh, and got a good deal put together and had everybody on board that he wanted to, I think he'd put just as much heart and soul into it and put together some really great idea and story that would go down well and be able to get done in his way. Uh, I think he would, uh, I think he would be up for it. I know we would as well, if it was the right thing, I wouldn't want to do anything that, you know, didn't get supported right. And, you know, didn't have, you know, someone like Fred with, the energy and the passion, and, you know, if someone put the put the effort and support behind someone like, you know, if they put it behind Fred to do it, I'd be more than more than happy to jump on board. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, everybody's been probably asking that, too. Like, you know, like you said, everybody's probably been asking, 
you know, uh, when's the sequel coming out? Like, have you gotten that when you're uh, when fans walk up to you? Yeah, that that, that is now, now that like I said, now that the DVD's out, and now that the DVD is out and people have it in their hands, that's that's the number one question now. When's number two coming out? So, hopefully soon, you know, or hopefully sometime. Love to do it. Or probably you'd, uh, you'd love to work with Fred again in, in any kind of aspect, you know. Another, I'd, I'd, I'd work. I'd work with Fred. You know, I'd, I'd work for Fred. I'd work in his office right now if he asked me to, just because it's a he's a great guy and. You know, he's always going to be involved in something very cool and had a lot of vision, a lot of creativity. So if he needed me to, uh, you know, come in and uh, help him in production or something, I'd be more than willing. Actually, I, ju- I just remember this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever – you've seen Last Action Hero, right? Yeah. That Shane had written. Yeah. Did you – Did you saw the nod to Fred, right? Um, yes, I know what you're talking about. There's a couple things in there. Yeah, yeah. Shane got brought in to, you know, kind of uh, touch up Last Action Hero and then went away. I think there's like 50 writers on that film or something. But, yeah, he's he's got uh, – well, that's what happens when you have friends and you work and, you know, you know each other for a long time. You, you kind of give little payoffs to everybody. Yeah, so like the main – the, the uh, was it the um, the cop or whatever, the, the chief of police mm-hmm. or whatever is named uh, Decker. Right. So I thought that was always really cool that, you know, because I, I saw that and I was like, wait a minute. I hadn't seen Last Action here in a while and uh, I own the DVD. So right. I like put it in there to watch it. I was like, oh man, you know, I yeah. knew Shane had written it, but I didn't know that, you know, I hadn't catch, caught that before. That, wor- so. that works out good too. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's great to see stuff like that. And hopefully, you know, like I said, if Mo- you know, if they, if they do another Monster Squad, Love to be involved in it and hope all the same people are involved in it. And, uh, you know, we'll keep going to these conventions and we'll keep doing these festivals and appearances and everybody keep coming out and, you know, writing to us, writing to me, and, you know, we'll get back in touch with you as soon as we can and let you know what we're doing. Okay, yeah, okay, before uh, before I let you go or whatever, um, are you doing... Yeah, I just, got, other... I just got to catch a plane here in a few minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I was going to just say, are you doing any other projects? Uh, yeah, working on a couple things. I've actually got my own company called Cinema South, which is an entertainment production-based development company based in North Carolina. And, you know, I have a good relationship with a movie studio there in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, called Blue Ridge Motion Pictures. Uh, you know, I try to work out uh, development deals for them and, you know, put people in touch with them to let them know what a great facility they have. I've actually been working on a film festival project of mine for the last, you know, two or three years that I've uh, been really putting a lot of effort and time into. So hopefully in, uh, you know, the near future we'll be launching that. And then uh, other than that, you know, I've been, uh, you know, looking at scripts and uh, things like that that people want me to be in and be involved in. So, uh you know, it's a lot of stuff to look at, and, you know, it's nothing happens, you know, in 24 hours, so it's a good timetable for this next year, it looks like. Cool. Well, um, yeah. good luck on the flight, <laughs> and uh, thank you for stopping by, man. All right, guys. We appreciate it. Stay in touch. All right. You have a good All one, right. dude. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that was uh, Andre Gower, um, you know, star Sean from Monster Squad. It was really cool to have him on. I'm still trying. I'm going to be trying to get Ashley Bank and... Um, uh, Ryan uh, Lambert, probably, if I can. So uh, if you guys are listening to this interview for some reason or another, uh, just um, give my MySpace, uh, myspace.com slash uh, Jonathan Moody will rock you. And um, let me know what, uh, what you thought of this and everything. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and I hope you guys had a great time. I know I did. Thank you.